My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a Deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the final view. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and welcome to this very special bonus episode with the one and only Neil Diamond Cutter. The Honey Badger is live in the studio. I wasn't sure if he was going to speak because he got up and left his chair, but he's returned, and now I'm looking at his smiling face again. What's up, my dude? Hey man, you know I'm not gonna leave you. We I was like, he's gone. Like he's he's minutes talking. Like, no. <laughs> I was like, I he's go get my up. desk sticks, bro. Oh, what's that? Oh, you, you smokes. Yeah, my cigarettes, my desk sticks. Oh, I've only ever seen say that packet on movies. <laughs> what is it? What what nah, what, what packet is that? Gotta have them ready. What brand is this? Uh, they're a, they're a brand that just came back into existence called Lucky Strike. Uh, Lucky Strike. That's that's why I recognize it. Yeah. From movies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're dirt cheap. That's the only reason to smoke them. If I made more money, I'd be smoking Marlboro Reds. Hear that, people? Marlboro Reds. When you come to a show and you see Neil Diamond Cutter, (laughs) you fucking throw him a pack of Marlboro Reds or be be dead. Anyway, I'll be super appreciative of that. that, Those aren't (laughs) cheap no more, man. Yeah? Those used to be cheap, cheap. Now they're... Like, I remember growing up, they were, like, around two fifty, three bucks. Yeah. Now they're up to, like, $10, $11 some places. Right. Get in New York, it's almost twenty bucks. Jesus, I'm sure you would. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you would even appreciate a pack of Lucky Strikes being thrown to you, really. So even if you, they were doing cheap ones, free cigarettes are free cigarettes. I don't yeah, know why I'm any, encouraging anything... people to help kill you more by giving you lung cancer. I don't know why I'm I'm doing this. I let's strike this know. all together. You're my friend, and I'm like, Is you know it... what? It'd be great if you fucking gave him cigarettes. Don't encourage him, people. Well, I'll tell you a little story that, like, it's kind of gone around. Like, I survive on soda, cigarettes, and weed. Like, I don't need any food. I don't need oh water. I don't need anything to actually sustain human life. Jesus Christ. As long as it's a soda, a caffeinated beverage, or uh, cigarettes or weed, I'm good. I cannot eat for days if I have any of those three things combined. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, so, guys. So yeah. you can bring Neil any of those things to help keep him alive. That's, I mean, you know what else you could bring him? A fucking sandwich. Like, because clearly the man needs to eat real food. Bring hey, him you never know. Food. I'll pack it away and I'll eat it later. Like, I'm kind of like a squirrel in that sense of food. Yeah. Like, I'll get something at a fast food joint, eat like three or four bites of it, and I'm like, oh, I'm not really that hungry. Yeah. Pack it away and I'll eat it like eight hours later in the car on the way home. Just don't like, get well, chicken. I just wasn't hungry. Yeah. Okay, this is out of control already. All right, so Neil's come in um, mainly just because we wanted to hang out, and then he's got like some matches coming up this weekend, and we thought it'd be fun to take a little peer into the life of a deathmatch wrestler before he goes out on the weekend. What time is it there now, bud? Uh, That's a good question, what time is it? It is 6.39. We're 13 hours behind you. Yes, so... Yeah, it is 7.39 a.m. here. So tell me this. I know you've got to go get on like some long-distance bus or something, like a Greyhound or something. So what's your movements after you and I get off the phone? Um, i got to pack all my stuff. That's the first step. And then I'll be getting on a bus at like midnight tonight, mm-hmm. which would be about 1 o'clock p.m. your time. Yep. And uh, take about, I want to say, Six and a half hours wow. up to Chicago on a bus, which ain't that bad. It's pretty cheap. Uh-huh. 
uh, is just tight sometimes, which sucks. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, I go to Milwaukee, <laughs> another hour and a half in a vehicle. And then uh, I do a show Friday night, stay the night, go to Chicago the next day, hour and a half south again, do uh, the uh, match with Carver, then stay the night, come back to Milwaukee the next day for a show on Sunday. And ironically, all the shows have ICW in their name, ironically. (laughs) But all different companies with ICW in the name. Uh, there's two separate companies. Oh, yeah. uh, there's ICW Milwaukee, which yes. hosts the Insane Eight. Yes. Uh, which this was the it. original weekend he planned for it, huh? but Ian Rotten decided to do King of Death this weekend, and uh, ICW Milwaukee moved their date, and then so they wouldn't have to interfere. Yeah, and then everything so, fell apart with with ICW. Ian. Uh, well, Ian, yeah, which is IWA. Yeah. Lots of eyes. Yeah. IWA fell apart, <laughs> but then they'd already moved it. So what are they going to do, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, not much you can do about it. Because yeah. if he could have, he would have just taken that yeah. and just done his normal Insane 8 weekend. Yeah. And that's but why ICW No Holds Barred is running, right? Like, because they were going to run – because Ian cancelled, they were like, we all jump in and run a weekend. Yeah, they, yeah. they felt really bad for – for all the people who lost work because of uh, yeah. Ian's mess up. Yeah. And uh, he was like, oh, I'm going to fill that date and help out whoever whoever I can from the tournament that I can. Yeah. And I imagine so, there would have been like, a lot of fans that had booked transport and accommodation and things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, so they like, just kind Danny of Danny didn't feel there. like, yeah. sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the lag on the, on the thing. But, yeah, what we're saying, Danny was not feeling good about it. Uh, he just hated the fact that a show canceled and so many people, yeah. you know, got their reservations for hotels and flights. Like some people spent thousands of dollars to go out there that weekend. Yes. And now it all just kind of went the way. So he's like, nah, that's not right. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure people get a show. I don't want people missing out just because one douchebag screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, well speaking of so that, he definitely you... swooped in and saved the day. Yeah. 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 A hero, a man of the people, Danny DeMonto. So tell me this, um, before we continue breaking down the weekend and, w- and what's to come, um, how did you take all that news about IWA, Chris burning the belts, all this stuff comes out about you know the non-payments and things like that and all the drama that's been going on? Because I know you're a person who has a long history with Ian. I mean, I believe you told me that Ian invented the Neil Diamond Cutter name and he's somebody that you've had you've had a good relationship and a bad relationship with and a good relationship again you know you guys were sort of up and down so how did it all hit you when you started seeing all that stuff hit social media yeah like I, I've told people far and wide like I can honestly say Ian has never screwed me mm-hmm. but those are deals between me and Ian you know so yes. Where I didn't get paid, I got something else in return, you know, whether whether it be good experience, better matchups, DVDs. Like, at the time, I, I took myself as a very green kid, so yeah, I took it upon myself whenever he gave me DVDs to take some of the best shows he had, you know, so I could really study what he wanted and what he liked in wrestling, and I could study it for myself. Yes. So I got paid in a very different way, yeah. you know. Um, but, like... I've heard the stories. I, I've met people who despise Ian. Like, that's their business. I'm not going to hold that against him because that's a different life. You know, yeah. I only know him from my experiences. But, like, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. Uh, Jake Jake burning the belt, <laughs> that surprised me. That yeah. got me. Yeah. I went, oh! And then uh, he made that stash out of it. And I was like, oh, my God. The only stipulation is you have to have been screwed by Ian in order to challenge him for it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to make so much money off that. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him uh, wrestling dollar, uh, Donald Holland for it because he, <laughs> yeah, he, in the crowd, like at the merch table, <laughs> they were fighting for it. Yeah, right? Yeah, that that's so funny, man. I was like, I wonder if... Uh, the whole thing comes back around and they spin it into an angle one day. Never say never in wrestling, right? But uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's true that. Yeah, but 
you know, there'd be a lot of um, bridges to build, I think, before that would be the case. Yeah, he would definitely have to rebuild with a certain amount of people in order to get that good faith back. Yeah. That's why I try really hard not to screw people. Yeah. I will say this. I may not be the best at mailing stuff out, but I do always mail stuff out. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things, right? Like, and especially in a business like wrestling, you're only as good as your word. You know, like you, mm-hmm. the same people you see going up are the same people you see coming down. You never know who's going to be something at some point and, you know, you'll need to work with them or, or need to sort something out. So th- there's really nothing to be gained by being a superstar or treating people poorly. You know what I mean? Because it, it just come back to haunt you, that green kid or, or that person that you were rude to or didn't want to get their shit in your match because you want to look better or whatever, neck minute could like blow up and be huge and then you need something from them and they'll be like, who, that dickhead? No way. Like it's, yeah. it seems really short-sighted to me to treat anybody with anything other than complete respect. Yeah, I'm just a super polite guy. Yeah. Like I don't want to step on toes or, you know, be a fuss or anything like mm-hmm. that. I just want to come and do my job. Yeah. You know, come and entertain people. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I'm not here to cause drama. There's very few times when I've been like, I'm not working that person. Yeah. And it's not because of who they are or anything like that. It's just they've done something to me that I just do not trust them in the ring. Yeah. You know, which is very, very rare. Or not wanting to work or whatever it may be. Because I know you're always very like, we're showing out. And I, I know from the past and through conversations we've had that the only times I've ever seen you kind of frustrated with a match is like if people don't really want to work yeah 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 when i feel i have to do a majority when i have to carry someone yeah you see me get frustrated very quickly yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i get annoyed <laughs> or maybe if like uh somebody who's you're put with somebody who's quite green and they injure you through negligence i know that pisses you off quite a bit as well <laughs> yeah yeah like getting a black eye because of an oops like that irritates the little shit. I'm just like, come on, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, come on. I'm a you nice can, guy. You, you can. Yeah. yeah, I'm a nice guy. What did I do? <laughs> if you watch my matches, I think I've told you this before, but if you watch my matches, in every match, something goofy happens to me. Like, uh, I reviewed me and uh, Drew Blood yeah. from a Tremont's tournament. Or, uh, no, it wasn't that. It was Ultra Violent Kingdom. <laughs> I'm hitting him with this toy bucket, this yellow toy bucket. And two times I hit him fine, doesn't nothing big happens, just rock him. Yeah. And then the third one, I grabbed a handle and you did a big windmill yeah. to hit him, and it bounced off of his head and hit me directly in the head. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, you know, like a comedy. Me and Lindsay Snow a chair. Yeah, me and Lindsay Snow a chair popped me in the eyeball. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. Hey, even the chairs are attacking me. Like, didn't, like, didn't like at Insane Eight just recently? You were telling me that. Uh, you got hit with a water jug, which people use all the fucking time, and it just, like, broke and cut you oh, open? yeah. Like, like, when does that happen? Yeah. Uh, it was surprisingly uh, a super thin, like, yeah. water jug. Okay. Like, plastic bottle kind yeah. of water jug. Right, okay. So the stick went right through just... and, like, cut me right on the crown of where my cowlick is. Oh, wow. So now it's going to be an even weirder, like, little swirl up there. Yeah. No, I got a big hole there. The combination of your head scars is now starting to take its toll. <laughs> yeah, along with the white hair that's starting to come in. Looks like I have big patches of hair missing. <laughs> Looking a little so, bit honey badger mangy over there. But to be honest, I like I the know. white. I've got it all coming through my beard and stuff. I think it'll probably look better when it's all white. It'll look sick, man. Be looking like Cisco Yeah, I can't wait shit. till it's all. I'm, I'm hoping Clinton. it turns all white before I retire. Yeah. That way, whenever I get bloody, it just all turns red. Yeah, that Ric Flair, yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I want that it. kind of bloodbath. That's fucking awesome. All right, let's 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 rewind a little bit. So, um, the the weekend's coming. You're getting on the bus. You're, you're going to be heading out there. Do you have accommodation all set up for yourself, or do you end up jumping in a room with, like, a bunch of other dudes? Like, what's the what's the plan? You talking about the bus or like staying situation? Yeah, like staying situation. So once we we get on this bus at midnight and we travel through the night, once you arrive at your destination, what's the plan? Uh, usually, I get picked up by a friend that's in the area or a ref that's a part of the show or you know something uh-huh. like that. Mm-hmm. Hang out with them until the show, and I just find a couch to crash on. 
<laughs> more times than not, <laughs> unless I'm in a town like I've never been to, like going down to Florida or uh, even going to like uh, Jersey or something like that. Like I would need a hotel because I don't know people in those area yet. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so it just depends on where I go. You know, if I ever go out to Denver, I know I got places to to take care of me out there. So yeah, right. just really depends, you know, just go with the flow kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's yet again, like I don't know a lot of people or a new place. Like yeah. then I'm like, no, nah, give me a hotel. I don't know any people. Yeah. Fair <laughs> like enough. nothing against y'all, but yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, this is fair. <laughs> and what's the first show that you've got? Uh, that is ICW Milwaukee. Yes. They start my weekend and end my weekend. Aha. Uh, I'm more going up there for that one uh, just to hang out. Yep. Uh, I'm friends with the owner and just became friends with the locker room. So going to hang out because it's only an hour and a half away and I can kind of relax. If I end up getting thrown into a match, I get thrown into a match. If I don't, I don't. Yeah. (laughs) It's fan appreciation, so I'm probably going to get thrown into something (laughs) God-knowing. Yeah. yeah. I've met you before. Uh, So so we're hanging out there. We're going to catch that show. Um, and then what's next? Uh, then hopefully sleep. <laughs> Fingers crossed. And then, uh, yeah, there's a, a doubleheader for ICW No Holds Barred mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday. Yes. First show is at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. our time, so 4 p.m. your time. Yep. And the second show is at uh, 8 p.m., I believe, mm-hmm. which would be 9.30 a.m. your or 9 a.m. your time. Yep. Okay. So... Uh, I'm. I don't know if I'm on the ultraviolet uh, vortex well, show. From my show, understanding, right? that yeah, from my understanding, that's a mystery show. Yeah. So don't spoil it. I have it. no idea. Trouble. Yeah. So that's the only thing I know about the vortex thing. So yeah, yeah. Is that it's a mystery show? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. I might be there. I might not. Yeah. And then, but the... then I got a. Yeah, I got Carver on the. Uh, on NHB 31 that yeah, night. Exactly, which is so that's, Prince versus Prince. The first Prince versus the last Prince. Yep, or as I like to say, the Alpha versus the Omega, beginning and the end. There you go. So, and uh, since we're in Chicago and we're going to be at the Summit, or Summit, Illinois, uh, I'm going to attribute the match to uh, Marcus Crane. Yep. And we're going to have a, a Dream Eater death match. That's so cool. every weapon will be around a weapon of uh, Marcus's uh, liking. Yep. Like, I think he liked razor boards. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he loved his riot shield. Who knows if we get one of them? It, it's hard to say. Marcus did so many things mm-hmm. throughout his career. Like, we're just going to get as many objects as we possibly can and just go to town and Play hopefully do uh, Marcus some justice. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. You doing the pigeon spikes? Don't do the pigeon spikes. No, no, no. You can no, tease the pigeon spikes. Things. Yeah, he he can be falling into them. I don't. I'm not, I'm not going into them. <laughs> He's saying, uh, no, that's one of the few spots I've been told not to do. Was it one of the few things I've told not to do is pigeon strips. Yeah, I'm sure it was Marcus so. that probably fucking told you because that was nasty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He point blank told me because I asked him one day and he was like, no, don't ever do it. Never, don't. Wow. And you know menial. And I'm like, yeah. All right, fair. Pondo's the only dude who told me not to do something that was pencils. Yeah, he's, he's got lead poisoning for a week. Adamant about the, so. the pencils. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell me a little bit about Marcus. Yeah. I know you guys were friends, man. Um, obviously, his tragic passing happened a while ago. Um, we didn't really, you know, not a lot of people are wanting to talk about him and for obvious reasons because it's all still raw and emotional. And now a little bit of time's passed. Um Tell me a little bit about your guys' friendship, if you don't mind. That that would be really interesting, I'm sure, for a lot of people to hear. So we met, I believe, in uh, two thousand and like late two thousand eight, early two thousand nine, I believe. Uh, if not then, then later on in two thousand nine, uh-huh. when uh, we both got into IWA Mid South, and uh, Ian saw something in both of us. He knew Marcus was nuts. Uh, he was starting to get the idea that I'm a, I'm a creative crazy person myself and uh had us do uh i think a 10,000 thumbtack match once like a multi-man uh me and marcus were married for a good good little while mm-hmm. 
And then uh, we did Prince of Death. I think we were in a multi-man the day after, and then we never crossed paths again, unfortunately. But, yeah, Marcus was one of my biggest supporters because I was kind of iffy on doing death matches when we entered uh, Prince. Yeah. And he was very supportive, like, dude, don't worry about it. Like, you're going to kill this. Like, you love – you like your RVD and your Jerry Lynn stuff. Just adapt it to death matches. It's just that easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, really supported me throughout the years. When I came back, he was like, hell yeah, dude, we've been missing you. Like, we need a bag like you. Like, guys like us are dying off. Yeah. And uh, just we're we're close just over the years. We weren't, you know, extremely close. But if you knew Marcus and you got to talk to him for a long or a decent amount of time, like he loved everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know, it's still fresh for a lot of people, you know, me included on that. Yeah. And uh, just he just loved the party man yeah. <laughs> like i'm trying to think of uh, stories i can tell without getting anyone in trouble but yeah. uh most of them are retired or passed away but a few of them haven't quite retired so i can't really tell stories yeah, yeah. Well, i can i can uh, tell a quick story that was told on my podcast i think um by cass he was telling me that um <laughs> you talk about marcus wanting a party they had some headlining show where it was him marcus and i think I think it was Slack, I think he said, so apologies to Cass if I get this wrong. Uh, but they're in some kind of steel cage match, steel cage death match, and it's the end of the night. But in this particular town, they always used to go to this one strip club. They used to always go there. The girls knew them and stuff. It was like a big deal. They're like, we need to get over to this place. I forget what it is. They're in there. The show went overtime, and so the their match went on late. And they're like, wrestling, and Marcus has gone and Cass this place closes now. We're going to wrap this up. Like, cause he's wanting to get out and go to the strip club. He's like, pin me now. Like we're going home. <laughs> so they can get over, get over to the strip club before it shuts. Like, it was just like, fuck this That's match. We need to get to where we need to be. So I thought that was pretty funny. He had me laughing when he told and me. That. Every time I interacted with uh, Marcus uh-huh. after Prince, whether it be he was at the same show or he's involved in the match or whatever with me, uh-huh. he always pours alcohol on me. Okay. And I never understood why. <laughs> like, <laughs> Marcus, you know I don't drink. I like, the last time I saw him, uh, he messed with me and Devin Moore's match, and he ended up throwing us through the, ma- through the doors, and I think he pinned Devin, and he won the match. Yeah. Neither me or Devin did, who were actually in it. Yeah, okay. And, uh... He ended up pouring alcohol on me. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot you don't drink. And I just look at him like, no, nah, you're my buddy, man. Like, you're not John Moxley. I'll drink with you. And I just took a big swig. And he was just like, oh, my God. And he was so surprised I took a drink. That's probably the only time he ever saw me drink. I don't drink normally. So. Yeah, you're not really into it. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I just know my body ain't going to handle it. Yeah. This is, <laughs> well, it's Marcus, though. I mean, you, you've managed to cultivate a, like – ecosystem within yourself a perfect homeostasis between cigarettes weed and soft drink that now if you put in another substance it will go out of balance yeah yeah and it just upsets the system yeah exactly it's like uh eating brussels sprouts out of nowhere like your body's just gonna be like uh no yeah like let's calm down on this and so vitamins <laughs> Yo, let's slow it the fuck down real quick because I'm, I'm peeking out over here. You just go into cardiac right. arrest. <laughs> He's not built for it. Up. What did you give him? What's he taking? They're like, he just ate I like a Brussels a sprout. <laughs> right. Flat lines. Junk food. Yeah, junk food, fast food, cigarettes, soda, oh, weed. I'm fuck. good. Oh, no. Just pump it into my veins. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let, let me give you this opportunity now before we move on for for this match because I I really think the like you said Alpha versus Omega of the Prince of the Death is going to be a match to catch. Carver has been on the rise. He had like some awesome showings against like the likes of Cruel. How do you feel about the Carver man? How do you feel about the the last Prince and and what he's managed to achieve? And what is a relatively short amount of time? Oh, uh, well, I don't get what you mean by a short amount of time. You mean like what he's accomplished in death matches yes, over the short amount of time? that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, oh, okay. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it, well, it like, seems to me that his rise in death matches has really been quite quick. Like he sort of popped up in 
the pandemic in those, you know, time bomb basement shows was when I sort of first became aware of him, the murder basement type shows. And then he's done a bit, you know, ruthless pro wrestling and and ICW. And then like, he was just in insane eight. So compared to somebody like yourself, it is like a very short amount of time in death matches, but he's built like quite a mistake about rise at time bomb during that period. I completely forgot about time bomb. Mm -hmm. Even though I talked to the owner like maybe once every few months, <laughs> I completely forgot about him. Um, sorry, yeah, Eric. Like I was out. Yeah, sorry, Eric. My bad. We'll we'll get Taco John's next time I'm up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, was I was at one of the uh, basement shows. I call them the snuff film saga. Yes, because they all look like snuff films to a degree. It was amazing. <laughs> I yeah. remember. Yeah, I remember Carver hanging someone on a pipe or something. Yes. And, like, someone got a snippet of it, and all it sounded like was the water boy. Like, yeah. and I just couldn't stop laughing. I made it my ringtone for, like, a week. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I kept texting it to him. I'm like, yeah, this is funny. Check this out. And then it's his noise. He's like, God damn it. Leave me alone, Neil. I'll probably get in trouble for saying that, but that's okay. Yeah. It's Carver. Yeah, well, I mean, you even serial killers got to send texts as well. <laughs> That's true. Serial killers got to have texts yeah. and have to have cell phones. When, when you get... tell me a man... Oh, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I like to think that you send him a text and you don't actually get a text message back. What you get is a photo of like a fucking ransom note. So he just <laughs> cuts out pieces of paper in all the different letters and sizes and responds that his reply is written. It's like... Go to hell, Neil, in that. And he takes a photo of it and you just get an image back of like a, a note. Either or he puts it he in the it. mail, old school, and you get his reply like a week later via post. I like the idea he puts in the effort to to make a ransom note and then take a picture of it than just texting out, go to hell. Yeah, yeah, in ransom <laughs> note form. There's a lot of work for a very little reward. That's what I want to see on Twitter and stuff from now on. I don't even want to see type <laughs> tweets from him. I only want ransom notes. It's going to take him a long time to get them done. But, yeah, you know, if you've pre-made all your words, you could you could get it down to a science. Nah, he, nah, he, I don't know. In today's age and technology, he could spend the extra cash on one, one night, overnight it. Overnight it, you reckon? Yeah, just straight yeah. in. So, so you send him a text, and then via overnight mail, you get an actual physical reply. Ransom so note. This yep. people want to book him. Hey, Carver, uh, we wanted to get you into ICW No Holds Barred uh, next weekend. What do you think? Two days pass, and then via post comes a fucking ransom note sealed in blood, and you open it up, and it's just like, a fucking... it <laughs> yes, just I'm says, free for that I day, accept. Carver. Yeah. <laughs> It's just two words. Yeah, I accept. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, cool. Let's pay the extra freight on it. Yeah, he'd be going so, backwards. Yeah, I, like I, I really think it's going to be something special. Like mm-hmm. a little behind the scenes uh, with Marcus and Carver is uh, Marcus was really good friends with uh, Matt Cage, who is Carver's trainer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marcus wasn't really too hot on uh, Carver's early career, but I think he would be really proud of him if he saw what he's kind of grown into over the last year, two years yeah. mm-hmm. and see that he's really evolved as, as a character and as a person, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I think like so Carver I, versus, I think Marcus Kramer is going to be person. laughing at us. Yeah. Though from heaven, he's going to be like these dumb motherfuckers, <laughs> morons. I love that. I feel Not like using my gimmicks, right? Yeah. They're blowing it. <laughs> I feel like Carver versus Crane would be an amazing match now, you know? Now Carver's wearing yeah. his own stuff. I think they're they're both like they have this like kind of haphazard, reckless sort of, you know, movements and stuff like that that would be really interesting. I like to call Marcus like jittery. Yeah. Because he had that kind of jittery kind of like he pounces around a ring a little bit. Yeah. If you ever notice. Mm-hmm. Just seems real strange on how how he kind of bounces around and just the frantic movements he makes yeah. sometimes. Exactly. And and it, and it was interesting because he was never really like super precise, I guess, because of like that. But that sort of lent to his mystique and like the danger of him because you're like, this guy isn't safe is how it would feel, you know, watching it. You'd be like, mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen because you're like, does this guy fucking, is he, is he there? Is he going to be, 
you know what I mean? Like the movements would be be kind of thing, and you'd see weird angles and stuff. And obviously, from what I know, everybody really enjoyed working with him. But but that was the sort of impression was that that yeah, he was like kind of scary and reckless from a from a <laughs> yeah a viewer's yeah, to the wind kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, for from a viewer, cause, and that's what you want in your like deathmatch guy, right? You're like, this guy's fucking crazy, like that sort of thing. Never know, man. Like with Marcus, it's. It's always a roll of the dice with him. <laughs> like, I remember seeing this uh, recent clip where he suplexes Schlack off the middle rope to the outside through a cabin. Jesus. It's like, it just looks like a clusterfuck. And I'm just like, Jesus, yeah. Marcus, you're like a quarter of the weight of Schlack. What are you doing? Chaotic <laughs> no, choice like in the moment. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, that, that's a really fun stipulation, man. And I, I think uh, the fans are really going to enjoy it and, and be pumped on it. Yeah, I mean, I've been waiting a while. I wanted to give enough time for people to kind of process uh, yeah. everything with Marcus. That way, when I do my tribute, you know, it's not so overwhelming for everybody. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to keep it together at the end of it, but you you just never know sometimes. I almost broke down for Adam Bueller's match I had with Chondo. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah, exactly. Well, you just got to let that emotion flow, man. Like, you can't fake it, you know what I mean? So... It's gonna be be a, a, a nice tribute and a powerful moment anyway. So, yeah, I'm gonna carve up the carver. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'm gonna make him regret that name. Yeah. I'm gonna bring plenty of skewers <laughs> by name and by nature. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then I'm poke that, him a little bit. <laughs> and that that's not the last um, match of your weekend, though, is it? Like you said, there's one more after that. I see W Milwaukee oh, yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta go back up to Milwaukee for ICW up there, mm-hmm. and I yet again I don't know that one. I know I'm supposed to be on. <laughs> I just don't know what I'm doing. Okay, so loose. I mean, if I end up getting a like, uh, was it dysfunction? Mm-hmm. Uh, he runs ICW Milwaukee, and like he was really good friends with with Marcus too. Uh-huh. So if I'm lucky enough to be able to get a riot shield before the show, I plan on taking it up there possibly. So you never know. Cool. Might be something. Fingers crossed. <laughs> exactly. Get get the what's the prop guy, get the the weapons master Ryan. Get him on it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You give me a riot shield, you son of a bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make Source sure we it. have one. Yeah, exactly. Riot <laughs> shields are us. Um. So That's funny. I I like you. Kind of a very loose with like your 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 weekend, you know what I mean? Like you're very like, well, I'm just going to be in this general vicinity and I'm going to go past these shows and I'll do these things and, and stuff like that. Do you give like your matches and stuff like a lot of thought a long time out or is that like more energy than it's worth because in wrestling uh, things can change so frequently? So do you more start to really zone in on what you want to achieve closer to the shows you know like once you know what's going on you know what i mean time off time day of show like that kind of thing yeah usually whenever i find out what kind of matchup i have like i'll be listening to a playlist and like one will just strike me Uh to fit that song Mm -hmm. uh or to fit the match Mm -hmm. like just the attitude in general that i would want to like pull out of it okay um like a good example uh i had a song for colin colin butcher and I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't like a thrash metal song or a heavy metal song. It was like a jazz song of some sort, like uh-huh. real out of left field kind of music. Uh-huh. Uh, like a good example, when they told me about Carver, mm-hmm. like I went, I just heard a song by Primus called Over the Falls. Mm-hmm. And like instantly my brain was hooked to that. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's kind of the mentality. Like I'll things will just appear in my head. You know, I'll just be thinking about what could happen possibly and just played in my head with the song that I heard right. and see if it kind of matches it. Like yeah. anything I think about me and Carver, it's always in black and white for some reason Okay, because of a song, right. but like Akira, it's probably going to be a faster, heavier song or something super technical. Cause that's kind of how he is. Yeah. So it sort of sets the tone yeah. in your brain of, of what you want the match to be. You're like, if this was a highlight video, if, if I was going to present what this match is going to be as a snippet, it would be this vibe encapsulated in this song. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow. Like, if you check out that Primus song, and then you think of, like, and then you end up watching the match, just think of it in black and white, and then you're going to literally probably see what's inside my head. Yeah. Other than the camera angle. <laughs> <laughs> camera angle's always different in my head. <laughs> um, is, have you ever, like, sent a song to an opponent? Like, this is what our match is going to be, and they're like, what the fuck? If I know they're friendly, yeah, I have. Uh, I think I did that with Chondo when I was coming up for the barefoot match. Uh-huh. There's a song by Camara called on broken glass. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to him. I was like, dude, there's a real cool riff in here, but this is what I think of. Like, it's kind of based off that one little, uh, rhythm section. Yep. Like that's, it's pretty sick to me. So, you know, when you think of something, like just think of this little part does it fit with that. And, uh, Obviously, Chondo doesn't think about things before matches, so <laughs> he didn't he didn't give me any feedback whatsoever on it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. We'll check it's it all out. Good. We all have our different methods. <laughs> I've got yeah. uh, I've got this Primus song here, so let's play this real quick, just so. Uh, and I see that the video clip is in black and white, so let's uh, play a little yeah. bit and we'll, and we'll catch that vibe. I think that's interesting. Hang on, let's have a look here. It's kind of like a bit slower than I expected, but sort of creepy. Yeah, like when I see Carver, I think of the song. Yeah, I can it's get got that. that lumbering kind of feel to it. Yeah. <laughs> Even the lyrics are sort of like creepy in the videos. Like, looks like some kind of madman well, working in a workshop. Well, it, as you make it through the song, you come to realize it's about a dude getting in a barrel and going over the sides of Niagara Falls. Oh, it's Harry Houdini. So that's what he means by yeah. over the fall. Got ya. Yeah, so it's about great escape artist Harry Houdini putting himself in a barrel and and flying. Uh, you know how he went over the, over the falls was one of his great tricks, right? I'm not sure if that's specifically, like... There's hundreds of people who've gone over Niagara Falls and just didn't make it. Oh, really? Because their box wasn't made right. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, it's a pretty wild history. Like, Niagara Falls has a pretty bloody history. Yeah, right. I'm From I'm, my understanding. I'm pretty sure, um, and I'm far from a magic expert, I'm pretty sure Houdini was the first to do that. Um, and so it's probably people, like, trying to do what he did, essentially. But, I, I may be a professional wrestler, but I don't believe in magic. Mm. That's fair enough, but you do believe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing around. There's yeah, exactly. You can't explain, so it's probably magic. What you gotta say is you're you're a you believe in magic, but you don't believe in tricks. Tricks are something a whore does for money, Michael. That's an arrested right Deve- arrested development <laughs> reference for anybody. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, it just depends on uh, just who it is. Like more times than not, I don't have a song to it. Mm-hmm. Uh. I've had like six or seven for Masada because there's been like six or seven times where like, I you know there was uh, five times that it was pot, like it was booked or going to get booked me versus Masada. Yeah. And then when Danny told me that it was going to be me and Masada, I was like, hell yeah. Like I know it's, I know it's actually going to happen. Yeah. And I think the song I had stuck in my head for that one was uh, a song called, uh, or a band called Havoc. And I think it's called Ritual of the Mind. Mm-hmm. And fucking that's just a chug-along kind of easy song. But it's all about, uh, like, being censored and not being able to say what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the lines is, um, I don't remember. It had to do with, like, truth. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone now lives in a uh, funnel chamber kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But it just was a real lumbering kind of song. And, like, I probably could put that match up to that song and it'd probably fit along with it. Yeah. It's just shorter than the actual match was. Yeah. So sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't, you know, sometimes 
it's just a weird song. I get yeah. hooked in my head for no reason. Well, that's it. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it would probably help at least give you a starting point of what you want to start to achieve. You know, like, uh, pace, is it yeah. straight out the gate craziness or is it building to, like, some big crescendo or, you know, it's all laid out. Like, it's all art, you know. Yeah, it all comes down – for me, it really comes down to, like, once I see them, I'll usually be able to put a song to it because mm-hmm. then I'll have an idea of, like, how tall they are, how big they are, how muscular they are. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of athletics am I going to get out of this person? You know, am I going to get a brawl or am I going to get a possible spot monkey? Like, you just never know. Yeah. So till I see them, like, I really can't put a song to them unless I actually know them Yeah. and seen them. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. Like, like Cruel, I'd probably just get stuck on uh, the Halloween theme. Yeah, well, you didn't have he didn't have to just be that. Scary dude. Yeah, <laughs> All right. You see, uh, Giant man. Did you see Halloween Kills? Like, uh, besides uh, the light tube spot, that's a bit of a piece of shit. That movie. And I, uh, oh took, yeah, took umbrage. Yeah, with a lady it. brings an iron to kill Michael Myers. Like, yeah, they're a smart group up there. Yeah, and like we got three cops. <laughs> I said to a few of my friends, I'm like, all of which who had seen it, I'm like, the fact that you guys had seen that and didn't personally just message me to let me know not to waste my time is really a burden on our friendship because fucking hell, how how do you take one of the best slasher franchises ever? and make that because I don't understand. I don't, like, it's so disjointed and weird. I fucking hated it. Oh, God damn it. Don't look at me, dude. I just like the fact that it's authentic light tube use. Yeah, there, there was authentic light <laughs> tube use. So I think that got like, it over more would, than anything else. Well, you would normally think that, like, a light tube would crumble as it's being stabbed into someone, but we've learned from Hoodfoot that's not necessarily true. That ain't the case. <laughs> you that slice your arm case at all. Absolutely. It was terrifying. Um, so as I'm we teasing him all the time about that, oh, it was brutal. It was <laughs> just a like... shanking. It was <laughs> terrible. Dummy. Yeah. Oh, man. He's a dummy. Yeah. So let me tell. Let me tell you, man. Well, let you tell me. That's what I'm trying to say. What's What's next for the Honey Badger? Because I know you and I have been talking for a while about you being feeling like you're ready to conquer the world, yeah, and to get outside of America. So does that still maintain your focus i know you sort of hinted to me that you may have some dates and, and some interest and stuff like that what are we doing are we taking this honey badger shit worldwide what's going on i'd like to yeah <laughs> that's definitely the goal yeah. uh try to get out of the country by the end of the year or yeah. early next year mm-hmm. uh I, I like i'm okay if i don't go by the end of this year but next year i'm definitely getting the hell out of this country yeah and gonna go see some cool places hopefully i'll be able to get spill blood in every uh continent except for uh, alaska why the not alaska i don't care to bleed on <laughs> what why why, why <laughs> are you against africa, alaska? i don't think i'm gonna hit that one why are you anti-africa and alaska well africa is just unless there's a wrestling company in morocco or something like that like yeah, i don't think i'm going to go into africa <laughs> and it's freezing in australia down in uh antarctica so there's nowhere to wrestle there's no one down there there's like three people on a research facility. But, like, well, one, that would be a legendary match. Two, yes, you said Alaska, which is not Antarctica. So <laughs> they're going <Whatever. laughs> Isn't yeah. Alaska like a state of America? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, what's he they got against this one place? Like, it's they just both not. Start, yeah, they both start with A's and they end with A's. It's fine. So we, we've been at this for excuse. a while now. Too many lucky strikes. I get him that a lot. <laughs> So, a, I just get in it a lot. What a legendary thing! The first Antarctica death match. Don't write it off before you've done it. Two, <laughs> um, maybe there's an outfit. Actually, I think I heard. I might be. I might be fucking this up, but I'm pretty sure that like Doc Gallows uh, had told a story on like their you know, Good Brothers podcast or whatever about how, like, when he first got released from WWE, he was just booking whatever tours he could and booked, like, some wrestling tournament, like, in the Congo and shit. Like, like it was... <laughs> and he, he said it was, like, fucked up. It was, like, warlords and all kinds of stuff. It was really interesting. You'd have to... Go, I think go I've on. heard that story, yeah, where yeah. he's talked about, like, uh, everyone having AK-47. Yes, and like, just around and stuff. Yeah. So I could understand that not being a, a major highlight for you if you wanted to do it. Yeah, no, I would. I would not do that. Yeah, you could do South Africa. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Africa is kind of a war-torn kind of 
uh, area of the world. And yeah, you know, I don't know about any wrestling around there. I just got an email from a dude from Spain. That's about, you know, as crazy as I've got as far as emails from other countries. Yeah. Got a few from Germany and the UK and whatnot, you know, Australia, obviously, but mm-hmm. you know, outside of that, no, nothing, nothing really, really going for me. All I'm saying Most is, get, don't write it off until till it's done. You could do the first Antarctica death match and the first like Serengeti death match, just in a desert surrounded by giraffes and no, lions and shit. We'll we'll just do a below zero death match where we wrestle like normal, but we do it outside during the day in Antarctica. Yeah, in Antarctica. Yeah, Using- where like if you get hit by the sun, you get like freezer burn. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not smart to wear like nothing. Yeah. Like I, my whole body would be fried. Yeah. Because exactly. the sun's so like blisteringly bright down there. Yeah. Exactly. Because the reflection off all the ice and stuff. I'm glad that you said get hit by the sun. I thought you were going to say like get hit by a penguin or something. And I'm like, we don't need the RSPCA on this podcast. <laughs> we don't need them no, coming for us. No, they're 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 not on uh, Antarctica. I don't think. I think they're up in the uh, north one, the north ice cap. I think they're up there. I don't think they're in Antarctica. Look, what I think is very wrong. clear is that you and I are not good at geography and we shouldn't be stipulating about the locations of anywhere. <laughs> maybe that maybe that needs to be a reality show on Netflix. Yeah. Rafe and Neil travel the world discovering dumb shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Take me there. And then like, I didn't even know they had Kiwi in South America. Yeah, what the fuck? There's no penguins here. And they're like, it's at the other one, dumbass. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what we'll do. Yeah. You get your wife, I'll, I'll get myself, and we'll all take a boat trip down to Antarctica, Antarctica together, so, and I'll have you pin me. Oh, and we'll say we'll that you start my career down there. Start my career. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. We'll start and end it on one shot. I'm like everybody First thought that match. everybody thought that uh, Carver was the last prince of the death matches, but now it's me. Because I <laughs> take everybody. Um, you don't want that. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Look, I was literally just telling you before we started this call that I had to, like, yesterday afternoon get a, you know, steroid injection in my busted up shoulder. So, which also happened from slipping on ice in Japan. So, I don't really think I'm going to have a successful Antarctica wrestling career. <laughs> like, Oh, no, all. that's that's why when we go down, if a black ice gets on the boat, we'll take a picture of me slipping on the ice. Ah, then I roll you up. Out. Roll you up for yeah. the pin. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. And do it with, with the good shoulder, too. And just do the three count with your bum shoulder. Yeah, there you go. Well, See, I, mean, I got it all planned I'll out, bro. Bring Amy. She can you. do the count. I can't do the count. That's, that's fine. <laughs> all right. The, yeah, was it uh, uh, the the far-reaching place that I would like to go mm-hmm. uh, that's super like hard to get to just because I don't speak Spanish or the predominant language is South America. Yeah. Like, I'd like to go down to Brazil or Chile, but... Odds are pretty slim. I heard those places are super rough too. Yeah. So, and that's more of gang wars and jungle warfare. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to be eaten by a panther. <laughs> or anything, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You go down there and a camel or a giant spider just eats you. Yeah. Bigger spiders down there than they are in uh, Afghanistan and shit. Yeah. There you go. So, like, you've heard it here first. There's no man that Neil is afraid of. When it comes to big animals that could eat him, though, not as keen. No. No. <laughs> I'm not high on the food chain at all. <laughs> but I'll fight a honey badger. That's probably the only, like, ruthless animal I'll fight. And that's because we're roughly the same, same size. size. <laughs> I just got to make sure to wear a cup. That's all I got to do. Protect the naughty bits. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> this is... That, <laughs> that look... <laughs> This is off the rails. We're wrapping it back up right now. So, one more time, tell the people where to find you and to experience all this chaos live and in person. This, these last stories you you have heard are just the tip of the iceberg of what Neil will tell you in person if you ever see him because he's a crazy person. So, where where are they catching you? And where Joey, I'll show you a real weird story. <laughs> <laughs> you. You guys know the ecosystem that is Neil's body and what he needs to stay alive. So bring him any of those things, <laughs> sodas, joints, or cigarettes. Lucky Strike will be accepted, but Marlboro Reds would be the real key prize. Where do they find you one more time this weekend, my man? Yeah, uh, 
One for if you bring me anything, anything that's not a menthol. <laughs> Soda, Dr. Pepper is preferred, but oh, not right. the only thing I'll drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weeds are always acceptable, like weed. <laughs> no, wait, uh, except the guy. And yeah, weed, weed, marijuana, mm-hmm. marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Fearless Neil. On Instagram, I believe it's NDC POD, but it might be POD NDC. I can't remember. Nah, it's, it's the uh, it's the NC to start with. I'm quite sure. I will okay. put all the links in the in the thing. Yeah, there we go. And I do have a TikTok, but I would have to look that up. I think it's just the Honey Badger Neil. I think. What do you do on TikTok now? I just put up clips of my shit and just tag Honey Badger in it. Oh yeah, there we go. Like uh, I put the skewering from uh, Malcolm on it from MM3 from yes. the pit, mm-hmm. and they got like ten thousand views. It's wild. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's huge amount of of traction on the old talk there. Yeah, I don't get it <laughs> at all. Like, I don't know if it's private or if I made it public. Like, yeah, yeah, I can't understand the analytics. So, like, whatever. Who knows? Just we keep just keep cruising on it. Real quick, actually, yeah. Before we jump off, because we're very close uh, to finishing up here, just want to quickly touch on the matches with Malcolm. Because you guys have got a really cool chemistry. Like, I, I've loved the matches that you guys have had together. How's it been working with Malcolm and seeing him, like, developing death matches over over these last few matches and stuff with you? Because, as you well know, he, like, on his interview of Faces and Feels, he literally said, I want to do more death matches and I'd love to do it with somebody like Neil, like, and, and called you, you out, essentially. Uh, you guys did those great promos and then got to, you know, steal the show in a pit, in my opinion. Like, uh, were you you happy with how you guys work? How do you f- feel about Malcolm? Oh, yeah, I love him. You say it's super easy to, to be in the ring with or on a pad mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> saying, I don't know why uh, we went as long as we did because we were beating the hell out of each other. Yeah. But I think it was just one of those raw emotions where, like, in the back of my head, uh, I talked or I talked to struggles earlier in the day. Uh-huh. And he was like, I don't know, just try not to be, uh, you know, so serious uh-huh. or not so jokey. Yeah. Like, be a little bit more serious. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, <laughs> let's switch from Deadpool let's to Wolverine. To, let's go to a fucking epic <laughs> main event match to open the pit. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, you want me to be a little bit more serious? I'm going to show you, like, I know I can do things with him. You know, when you give me people who are highly motivated to uh, improve or to show off their skills, like, I'm a real good dude to put them with because that's exactly what I want to do. I want to show everybody everything I can do and throw caution to the wind. Like, I think I'm a main eventer. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. as much as I do like doing early parts of the show, big shows, I want to be towards the end. Yeah. Like that shows the importance of me. Yeah. You know, so, you know, opening, I don't take it as a slight to me because I know I can do that. But, you know, like I, I want to be later in the show. I want to be a higher profile kind of match. Whenever, like I joke around about stealing a, a phrase from the 2005 Steelers. Mm-hmm. It's a five star matchup because I'm in it. Yeah. So that's kind of got to be my mentality. And that's all I'm going to do from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's like, I'm not bragging. It's not, it's not a ego. It's not, uh, oh, what is it? Cockiness or anything like that. Like, it's none of those things if it's true. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's just straight up confidence. I know what I can do. I know what I'm capable of. Yeah. And I will burn down every building I walk into if I have to in order to do that. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. You know. And I, I, I believe you always do that. Um, my wife, uh, when she watches the show, she's always pumped when she gets to see a Neil match. And she, she always says, she's like, I always love Neil's matches because it's always going to be good. Like, he's always going to change it up, invent stuff, go crazy. Like, you never see Neil Diamond cut a phone in anything. And I think that's a testament to how you run your business, essentially. You know what I mean? Like, and how you conduct yourself as a professional wrestler and it's something to be really proud of, my man. 
Yeah, something I've always done is try to make sure that each match I do is slightly different to yeah. one degree or another, whether it's trade-in moves or act a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that got me in 2018 when I came back, Dale Patrick's made a promo, and he was like, you may be the first prince and call yourself an innovator and all this kind of stuff, but what have you done since? And ever since, I've been very big on, like, no, I have to do something new every single time with a different object. Like, uh, I use cinder blocks now with permission from Pondo. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say I I learned this from Pondo and at uh, the Ultraviolet Kingdom. He said, i never done that before. (laughs) But I got the idea from his cinder block, so that's why I say I learned this from Pondo. He didn't directly show me this, but the idea of the cinder blocks, that fed into the idea of what I'm doing. Yeah. And just, you know, doing stuff like that with cinder blocks, which you don't see. Like I launched the one at Malcolm and like, I wasn't expecting either one to break and the just crumpled under his knee and compressed his knee real bad. And I was like, hell yeah, that worked out great. <laughs> it lo- <laughs> it worked out gnarly. way better than I thought. It, it looked absolutely gnarly. If, if anybody hasn't seen the pit seven uh, from July 1st from ICW, no holds barred, Go and check out that stream. Jump on IWTV and check it out. Neil Diamond Cutter and Malcolm Monroe the Third open that, and you will be blown away at what two guys can do with no ring uh, and a few items because these motherfuckers were turning it out, man. DVDs on cinder blocks and hurricane runners, like fucking poison runners and shit off chairs. Like it was, it was. You guys were going absolutely crazy, and then yeah, like you said, you just. It blew out and exploded. I may have heard from a little birdie. You might have gone slightly over time on that one, but uh, but I think the <laughs> results uh, speak for themselves. <clears throat> well, it's funny uh, you mentioned that because, uh, like, yeah, people uh, people in the know tell me that, mm-hmm. and I just kind of shrug at them. Like, I'm usually pretty good about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I couldn't tell you what caused me to do it this time, but. Yeah. You guys were it just in the zone. The match, like, so. you couldn't, like, uh, the way the way it looked to me anyway, like, you guys were so in the zone, like, that I'm sure that time didn't even exist anymore. Like, you guys were just having a fucking WrestleMania yeah. match. You know what I mean? It was just this fucking epic encounter that just, there was no stopping it. The The train was fucking on the rails and, and moving, and there was just no way to slow yeah. it down, you know? And when, once we started going down that hill, like, it, Literally, as we got to the end, and I walked to the back, I passed Weapon Master Ryan, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Yeah, dude, we just stole the show." And like, uh, as the weekend went on, more and more people online, more than anything, you know, you never know what those people are about, but they were saying like, "No, it's probably Mansion of the Weekend." Mm-hmm. Like, it really like there's it's going to be hard to match that after that. Yeah, because nothing was, I guess, nothing that led up to that was up to that kind of caliber of match. Yeah. Cause there, there was, out there, and there was other match like, with nah. bigger stakes and, and bigger hype and, and all these things. And there was some really, that was a, such a good weekend. Like those three shows, um, mm. were really, really super good. Stressful for me. <laughs> well, I was super burnt out by, by the time I got the Satu. Oh yeah, no doubt. It would have been hectic and there was no. stabbings and there was all sorts of things going on, but that, that match, I think, from like a a wrestling point of view, like it was yeah. the work rate was was just crazy. But yeah, man, uh, what a what a huge weekend! So everybody out there, we've told you where to catch Neil on social media. I will have all the links in the show description. Make sure you go to Deathmatch Worldwide and buy this man's merch. Support him. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot, Corey. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Corey. You've got Don't one job, me. Neil, and that's to support your I own know. merch. Merch fucking store. No, right? God damn it, this oh, God damn it, I'll do it myself. God damn it. <laughs> so go to Deathmatch Worldwide, check out all the Neil Diamond Cutter merch, and be sure if you're going to a show, you know the few things that exist in the ecosystem of Neil Diamond Cutter. Bring him gifts. He needs them. This man's doing it like nobody else does it. Dude, thank you so much for your time. Always a pleasure to hang out with you, man. I love you, bud. I love you too. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. God, I hate that saying. Peace out.
Yo. Thanks for spending your time listening to the Faces and Feels podcast. Faces and Feels is a DIY project recorded and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast, or just head straight to our link tree, linktr.ee slash FacesFeelsCast to find all the info you'll ever need about the show. You can stream the episodes, be directed to your favorite podcast providers, find links to all our social media platforms and sponsors, and you can even buy me a coffee. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or interview requests, you can send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Spotify. A banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Vinyls and Violence, a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalize Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something.